From the Delaware House Democratic Caucus, you're listening to Whip Count. As people prepare to head back to the polls in November for the general election to vote for the next president of the United States, Delaware officials continue to work on educating people about their voting options, such as the safety of vote by mail and other pieces of legislation that could be addressed in the near future. Voting is a fundamental right and expression of opinion that many of us enjoy. But how many of you still have questions about the vote by mail process? Well, you're in luck because we're going to get you the answers to many of your questions. I'd like to take this time to introduce State Election Commissioner Anthony Albans of the Department of Elections. We're dedicating this show to all things voting to clear up any confusion about vote by mail and to restore your confidence in the voting process. Commissioner, you're quite the busy man. Explain your job. I'm sure it takes a lot of work to prepare for primary and general elections, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, I think probably the best part of uh, my job overall is just having a great team that I get to lead and coordinate. Uh, our, our role here in Department of Elections is we oversee voter registration. Uh, we also oversee election uh, you know, preparation. Uh, which is really soup to nuts, you know, everything you can imagine for preparing for the election, um, getting everything uh, tabulated and, and counted, reporting results. And that includes, of course, these days, not just uh, in-person voting at the polling place, as well as uh, it now includes us uh, to a significant extent, uh, vote by mail and absentee voting. And this office also manages um, campaign finance reporting and we also, in addition to the statewide elections, we also um, oversee and coordinate uh, school elections. That will be your school board and your school referenda uh, for tax referenda, for example. Uh, and also we work very closely with the municipalities in the state uh, to support their elections as well. So uh, quite a number of things that, uh, that we're involved with. Yeah, sounds like it. And it's not just September and November you're working. It's around the clock. You're absolutely right. So let's talk about vote by mail. It's designed to provide options, right? Options are good. Explain mm -hmm. the safety, though, in this process. You know, certainly that was the, the uh, vision of the legislature when they passed the vote by mail option. It certainly didn't replace in-person voting. It augmented it. it was, as you mentioned, it placed uh, an additional option in uh, the view of the voters. So... Really, uh, safety certainly is one of the key considerations we know in this current environment where we're all continuing to uh, work through a, a world where COVID-19 is a very you know, significant reality uh, and, a, and a certainly a threat uh, to many, many of us, really all of us, certainly. Vote by mail gives, gives voters an option to exercise the right to vote securely and safely, uh, if the voter of any uh, any background, certainly, but especially those voters perhaps that would have uh, compromised immunities or perhaps health issues, whereby they are limiting their exposure to other individuals, trying to remain at home or you know largely at home or isolated from others, they would have the capability to cast their vote again securely, independently, without needing to visit a polling place. And, and it's a, a simple process, and I know we'll, we'll talk about the process, um, but it really gives them that, that same experience where they can exercise their franchise and exercise their choices 
but again, in, in, a, in a means that in no way places them at risk or places them in an uncomfortable situation where they feel they need to choose their safety or health, you know, just to exercise their rights. Yes. The neat thing about this is I vote. I love that. I love that you guys have an online portal for everyone mm-hmm. to use to keep track of their ballots. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I vote uh, is, a, is a great tool. We're, we're very proud of it. iVote is the voter portal. It's kind of the one-stop shop, as we like to say, for voters in the state. We've had iVote for a few years now, and then about a year ago, coming up on a year ago, we updated iVote, and uh, it has a new uh, kind of refreshed look and a different uh, feel, uh, more modernized. Uh, but all the functionality is present, and in fact, even more. And as you mentioned, it really is a great resource for the voters. Voters have uh, a number of options that they can uh, use, a number of tools in iVote that they can uh, take advantage of, from registering to vote, updating their voter registration, uh, certainly checking their status, very important before any election, requesting their vote by mail or absentee ballot, as well as uh, some other functions uh, where they can do anything from view their sample ballot that they would see at the polling place or when they vote by mail or absentee. Check their polling place if they're going to vote in person. We yes. give directions. Tons of tons of things that they can find out in one location. So new voting machines are being used this year, correct? That's right. How many do we have across the state and were any problems reported at all after the September we, election? We have thirteen just over thirteen hundred machines statewide and they were they were part of the uh, system conversion that we undertook that went into effect last year we first started using them in the school board elections in 2019 and uh, so we've been using them in school board uh, of school referenda municipal as well as the presidential primary now the state primary and we're very happy to report that they they know they, they work quite well and they, they did work very well in the primary certainly the device itself is uh, has a lot of features that when it was chosen, was keep, keeping in mind the experience and the needs and, and the preferences of the Delaware voter. The most important probably among them is the introduction of a paper ballot. So this is a voter verifiable paper ballot where the voter actually sees their choices on that ballot and confirms that before the vote is cast. And that becomes the ballot record that can be recounted or uh, can be audited uh, in our post-election audit. And the machines also have a whole host of additional accessibility features that are a, a big step forward from our prior machines. So folks with may have a, a vision impairment or perhaps a hearing uh, challenge, they have an opportunity to see uh, the ballot presented in larger fonts and mm-hmm. black and white contrast versus color, audio representation of the ballot, or they also have ways to interface with the machine through an assistive device, such as a sip and puff device or something similar if they have a mobility challenge. So all of that with the goal of giving the voter the opportunity to vote independently and privately on their own. Um, and they certainly can request assistance from a poll worker or certainly a friend or family member. That's always been the case and certainly remains. But you know, valuing the ability for the voter to vote on their own uh, is key. And so that was one of the ideas when we purchased the machine and, um, and just a note real quick on that, I do encourage folks when they use, if they use the machines, if they're at a polling place, either this election, this general election or another election. Yes. Anyone 
you know, anyone's available. Anyone is, is welcome to utilize um, and, ch and to, to uh, use these assistive devices. We'd like everyone to be familiar with them. Anyone's welcome to use them, and even just for your own familiarity. So, you know, feel free to, to ask the next time you're at a polling place and you wish, hey, I'd like to use the what we call the UVC, the Universal Voting Console. It should be out and available. Take advantage of it. Familiarize yourself with it. Thank you. Now, quick question. How hard is your office working to make sure staff members are not participating in voter suppression? Oh, absolutely. We have, you know, we are focused on always ensuring that as many voters as possible are eligible to vote, able to vote, and it's an easy process. So, you know, what we do and, and the way we accomplish that is ensuring that uh, there is access to voters, and that's through uh, many of the tools, you know, as you as you mentioned, uh, tools such as iVote, through the online registration, through the uh, the voter portal, as we mentioned, and also just making sure that we have um, staff available to answer questions. We we really want folks to feel comfortable, um, voters to feel confident that they you know that they are not expected to know all the answers. We have. We have folks available who are trained, who have the knowledge, and we want folks to feel confident from the public that they can call and ask a question. They can email us. They can access us through a social media channel. We want them to know that we're here, we're here to help. I do have another question for you. Hopefully we can, you can explain this in a way mm -hmm. where our listeners can truly understand when a person votes and say I'm in the machine and not in the machine, <laughs> but say I'm, I'm getting ready to vote. I'm behind the curtain and mm -hmm. I I'm not familiar with every person that's running uh, in, say, let's say the, the, the primary election. And so I skip over people. Does that throw sure. numbers off at all? No, it doesn't. It's always the it's always the voters' cho choice, certainly, as to how you wish to cast your ballot. And and there's there's certainly an option and uh, for voters to make a choice for as many of the candidates on the ballot as they wish. And if a voter wishes to skip a race for whatever reason, uh, that's certainly the voters' right. And that in no way changes how your vote, you know, is is uh, cast for the other offices in which you do choose to make to make a vote we know voters have a whole uh, a whole host of reasons for which they may vote for all candidates no candidates on the ballot one candidate or again like you mentioned certain races maybe they don't have an interest in or aren't familiar with the candidates or maybe the issues surrounding that office so that does it does in no way um, impact your vote you're welcome to vote for any or all candidates or as few as you wish on the ballot totally up to you Okay, sounds good. Any kinks to be worked out before November? Um, I think one of the things that we will continue to focus on with our poll workers, it worked quite well, uh, but I think it's always continuous learning. You know, for voter, for, for poll workers especially, um, you know, they, they, we, we ask a lot of them. Certainly there's a lot of procedures and there's a lot of policies that we, uh, and we educate them around. Um, but we've also added um, to that that mix, and now, of course, uh, the COVID precautions, um, 
health and safety precautions, social distancing measures, cleaning and sanitizing regimens and supplies. So we'll continue to emphasize that with our poll workers for training and for the general election. They did very well um, in the primary election. So we were very happy about that. And the voters um, themselves also were very accommodating. Those who voted in person at polling places were very accommodating, very understanding of the needs for how we adapted for COVID. So they will continue to will continue to, to to do that. We continue to train our poll workers on the new equipment because for many of the voters, excuse me, many of the poll workers, um, the, the equipment is still new to them. Although I must say the feedback that we get uh, have gotten from our, vote, our poll workers is that uh, they are quite happy with the equipment. They find it quite easy to use. But of course, you know, continuous learning is always the key. And it's always our motto. Representative Sherry Dorsey Walker now joins the conversation. This is sort of a friends gathering. Commissioner Anthony Albans, you're one of Representative Dorsey Walker's constituents. Yes, I'm proud to say so too. Yes, likewise. Mm-hmm. That's good. So tell us, Representative Dorsey Walker, the goal of this podcast is to make sure that we can restore people's confidence in the voting process. What are you hearing from your constituents? There are a couple of things. There were those who did everything was seamless for them. And then there were those, and I did speak with the commissioner because we worked out where our constituents from Hilltop, Cool Spring, and Tilton Park would vote. Their voting location was changed three times. And so we want to ensure that when people are, when their voting locations are changed, that they receive enough notification so that they can, in fact, feel like they're enfranchised and not disenfranchised. So upon reaching out to the Department of Elections and speaking directly to the commissioner, I believe that they worked really quickly to help the constituents understand where we were supposed to be voting because I was included in that broom street. Well, well yeah. let's... So, Let's talk polling location changes right now. When and why do these changes occur, Commissioner Albans? We, yeah, we really very, very rarely, uh, and certainly not on our own, do we ever uh, make a polling place change. The only time that we make a change is if a location has indicated that they, um, do know, they no longer wish to serve as a polling place. And that does happen occasionally. There's been, um, in, in this uh, COVID era, there have been a few more instances of that. And as Representative Dorsey Walker mentioned, um, the location where our, our neighbors at Hilltop uh, Center, um, that location, for example, had indicated they uh, did not wish to host a polling place any longer. So that required a, a change of location. That's normally um, how that happens. We have been very fortunate, thankfully, in across the state that in a situation where we have really about two, almost 200 total buildings across the state to house polling places, we've only had a handful that have, um, for which we've had to make changes. And again, all of those have been situations where the hosting organization has decided to no longer host the polling place and has necessitated a change. Uh, other than that, we would not make a change in the polling place, certainly on our, on our own, um, because we know that that's very important for, for um, consistency in that regard. Mm-hmm. How can we better educate the public 
when it comes to this process? Actually, just working together with the Department of Elections, like in this case, when, as soon as I reached out to the commissioner, he worked with the Newcastle County office to ensure that uh, when I reached out to him and told him that our constituents in the Cool Spring, Hilltop, and Tilton Park communities were feeling disenfranchised, he worked pretty quickly to ensure that they could get to a place where they could walk. So anything you'd like to add or any questions for each other that you guys want to bring up? I would like to thank the commissioner for his willingness to, whenever I reach out to him and let him know that I have a constituent who has a need, he responds expeditiously. And whether or not people like the outcome, I have never been in a situation where I've reached out to him and did not get a response. So I would like to publicly thank him for always responding. Thank you. Yeah, I guess. Thank you so much. And and I guess, I guess, Commissioner, you would take a lot of heat, too. You are one of Sherry's or Representative Dorsey Walker's constituents, right? (laughs) That may not go well. (laughs) All kidding aside, no, I think it's great because we have, you know, representatives like like we do, you know, not just my own as my own representative, certainly. But, um, you know, we have a lot of people who are um, very dedicated, you know, all throughout our city, our county, our state. And they really are. Everyone, you know, is so dedicated. And I think what's also great about Delaware as well, you know, you have people from different walks of life, different political backgrounds, different parties, you know, and, and we don't, you know, necessarily, I know folks don't always agree on things, but what's what's great about, about Delaware is despite the disagreements is that everyone really comes together um, and certainly around the elections process and is committed. You know, we don't see the we don't see the very contentious situations we see in other states because we have people like Representative Dorsey Walker and her colleagues who, again, maybe different viewpoints, different philosophies, different outlooks, but all come together and always have the, the public as, as, at their heart and the public is their, is their prime motivator for what they do. I just had a quick question. I'm aware that there is a pending lawsuit. I'm sure you probably can't comment on the actual lawsuit itself, but I'm wondering what are your thoughts about around some of the some of the allegations that have come forth as a result of the primary, and in particular in the city of Wilmington. Well, as um, as you did mention, yeah, there we. Certainly can't comment on any of the, 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 the current litigation, but certainly what we're looking at moving forward is, um, you know, again, continuing to, you know, continuous learning and how we continue to um, improve everything we do every election. Um, and I think that's just our, our, our goal. You know, our focus is to, um, as we move move forward every election, ensure that we we make um, make sure we do everything we do as good and even better than the last time. So. Okay, well, sounds good. Now, I do have a question about vote by mail, and either one of you can chime in. We still have time for the general election, correct? For those who are listening, there's still time to get a vote by mail ballot. Oh, yes, absolutely. I can jump in on that, absolutely. Uh, if the voter um, if a voter who is, who is listening, if they have not already opted in for absentee or vote by mail, um, they will have received a mailing 
uh, with a vote by mail application that went out to all the voters. Um, and again, for the general election, no party affiliation, of course, is, is required as in a primary. Um, so that went out to all of the voters who have not already opted in for uh, vote by mail or absentee. So the folks can certainly return that application or they certainly can go to iVote, as we discussed earlier, iVote.de.gov, the voter portal, and request uh, a vote by mail ballot there. Um, plenty of time to do that. Uh, but of course, just as a best practice, we suggest that voters do that as soon as possible. And then certainly um, once, once they receive their vote by mail ballot, they'll start to go out within 30 days of the, of the election um, based on the provisions of the vote by mail legislation. That'll be early October. Um, but as soon as they get their ballot, we just encourage them to complete it, turn around, send it back to us by mail, or use one mm-hmm. of the drop boxes. Um, earlier you can, the better. Well, sounds good. Now, I know both of you have really busy schedules. Are you guys voting by mail, or do you just vote in person? Because I am a caregiver for three family members, I voted by mail. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I, I usually choose to vote by mail as well. Sometimes on an election, depending, uh, you know, and usually, of course, it's quite busy on election day, but if, if sometimes in the past I have voted in person, if at all possible, it's always, it's always good to visit the polling place um, as a voter and certainly as a, you know, from the department. But, uh, yeah, most likely I'm sure I'll be, I, I'll be in person. I've already signed up for the general election. You mm-hmm. said you've been doing this a long time. Did you ever see yourself working at the Department of Elections? Well, I've always been involved with the political process. I am from, you know, born and raised in, you know, where I live uh, now in, in, in Wilmington. And uh, I've always been involved, as a, you know, really as a kid growing up in political campaigns and just always active in, in the community and in that regard. And so I always had an interest in the process, never necessarily saw myself working, you know, on the other side of the aisle, so to speak, and in, in, in behind the scenes. But, um, yeah, it's always been something I've been passionate about. I think it's oh, it's very important for folks to be involved in their community and to have a voice, and especially a community like ours, you know, a small community, you can have an impact, and everyone can have an impact. So it's always been kind of something close to my heart. Again, like I never really thought I'd end up on this side of the table. You know, certainly glad that I did. And it's just it's it's very interesting to see it from both both sides, from the campaign side of the, of, of of the ledger, so to speak. And then the behind-the-scenes things that even I, as somebody really involved with campaigns and that part of the process, never knew what happened kind of behind the curtain. So God has a way of making you laugh at yourself. When you think you're going to tell God what you're going to do, he has a way of letting you know what he will have you do with your life. So as a, I'm a filmmaker by trade, which I absolutely love doing. I love the arts. And how I ended up in this arena is... I would go to community meetings with my dad as a kid, and my parents would tell me about what was happening in the community, and and I was always aware of what was going on around me. So for me, voting is about ancestry and those who came before me who weren't able to do it and honoring them and the sacrifices that they made. So that's why I don't take voting lightly. And I do not miss elections. I vote in school board elections. I vote mm-hmm. if, look, if we have to vote for who's going to be the dog catcher for the city of Wilmington, I'm voting. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I vote in all elections because 
my vote matters, and I've been taught that my vote matters. But I have constituents who have not been taught that. And what I'm doing now is trying to teach them what I know so that they can have a sense of it is so important that their voice can be heard through the vote. Representative David Bentz, you're now in the hot seat. Thanks for joining us and making time for Whip Count. Now, you are one of many legislators who supported the vote by mail in the 2020 Delaware primary and general elections. What motivated you to support this legislation? Well, we were obviously dealing with some pretty extraordinary circumstances uh, related to COVID-19, where we needed to obviously make sure that people were able to uh, safely participate in our elections, uh, especially, you know, with this virus spreading out there so that they weren't, uh, you know, unnecessarily exposing themselves to, you know, potential uh, harm, potentially contracting the, the coronavirus. So, you know, we had to act pretty quickly, um, but we were able to, to do it in a way that, you know, made sure that everybody could participate and participate safely. You know, people really shouldn't have to choose between you know, exercising this sort of fundamental right to vote and then protecting their own health. So this really allowed us to uh, carry on these elections in a way that was safe for everybody. Now, in previous interviews, you've mentioned how important it is for Delaware to be forward thinking about voting, making it easier for voters to exercise their right in our elections. Can you share a personal experience or maybe a story by a constituent that came across challenges during the voting process? Well, especially with this past election, you know, people have been looking for ways to, to vote safely. And, you know, certainly we've been able to, the, the way I like to phrase it is we're, we're really modernizing our elections with a lot of these reforms. We're adjusting the practice of voting to modern times. You know, the come a long way as a country, things have changed, people's lifestyles have changed. Um, and people work different hours, they have different demands on themselves. So giving people flexibility uh, in how they participate and how they vote, giving them options, giving them choices in how they vote is really what the goals of a lot of this, a lot of these these new policies are. Um, And they can all kind of be done in ways that, you know, maintain security and safety in in our election process, but, but allow everybody to participate. And what I've heard from constituents is that they really appreciate that flexibility that, you know, when we talk about the 2020 elections, it's being able to put their ballot in the mail. It's being able to take it to a drop box if that's what they want to do. Or it's what I've heard from, from some folks is that they aren't particularly interested in doing either one of those. And we still have that option, of course, for them to go vote on election day. So what I'm hearing um, from my constituents is that they like the choice. They like the different options that they have. And we're creating a process that really works for everybody. And that's really the goal is is you don't want uh, circumstances, life circumstances to sort of prevent people from exercising their right to vote if if they want to. And what we've been able to work towards here is really it's it's everybody should have an option now to be able to participate that fits in with their schedule, whether it's early voting, vote by mail, putting your ballot in a drop box or, or then just showing up on election day if you like to do it that way. And it's about choice. It's about option and fitting it into people's lifestyles. Thank you for sharing that. Now, you seem to be very passionate about voting from being supportive of early voting to the automatic voting registration process, no matter what this year's election process or outcome. What is your take home message to Delawareans who have 
lost faith, faith rather, in the voting process? Well, you know, I, I think if you look around at, at results that, that we've seen, we're, we're seeing close elections. We're seeing elections where every vote counts. So, you know, hopefully those sorts of stories and those sorts of that sorts of evidence will give people the, the confidence to know that their vote counts and that they should get out there and, and exercise their right to vote and that their voice matters. Certainly what we've seen is the, the impact of the consequences of elections. Um, you hear that term, elections have consequences, and then making sure that the people that you're uh, putting into office have your best interests at heart. Um, so I think in terms of people's confidence in this, this whole process we have, you know, we've mm-hmm. set up a, an election system that, uh, like I said, should be convenient and should encourage people to participate. And, and the hope is that people take it upon themselves to participate because you don't have to look far to see that there's a real impact, that there's real stakes, there's real consequences and choices to be made between candidates um, in the direction you want to see the state go and this country go. So I hope that what we're seeing around us is enough, especially in, in a year like 2020, when there seems to be a, you know, a year's worth of news in a single day, that people are understanding the importance of getting out there and, and getting involved and you know, not sitting on the sidelines. Oftentimes, we don't get a chance to hear personal stories from legislators. Tell us about the first time you voted. Do you remember that day or that time? What was it like? And what motivates you to exercise this right? Yeah, I was one of those kids who kind of always looked forward to being able to vote. Uh, My parents would take me with them when they would vote. And then, of course, when I was 18, the first year I, I could vote was in 2004. Um, I had just turned 18. There was obviously a you know, very busy election that year, a presidential election, so a lot going on. Um, and I was very excited to go out and vote back in when that was, we used those old machines where you would press down um, little notches and then you'd pull a lever and all the votes would cast at once. Um, so we've actually come a long way in, in how people vote in person now. Um, but I, I, I do very distinctly remember going to uh, the fire hall with my parents and, and voting and um, just it, it felt cool to kind of be able to go from someone who just was ob- observing politics to actually being able to have a say in it. And there's a um, kind of that's kind of like a romanticized viewpoint of it all. But but what you hope and, and unfortunately, I think that that wears off too much in people that the first time they went out and voted, um, you know, by the second or third time, it, it kind of feels like, you know, maybe you've lost the, the novelty of it. But I think it's important to try to think back to when you were first able to sort of have a say and what that meant to you um, and be able to carry that spirit with you as you go on. And maybe that's, you know, like I said, a, a romanticized view of it all, but I, I try to maintain that now and, and understand that, that the impact that you can have with a vote um, and, and how sort of, you know, we take it for granted in this country, but it's not everywhere that people get to do that. Um, and it's not been even throughout our entire history as a country where, where everybody's been able to do that. So it's, it's important, I think, to, to not take that for granted and, and remember um, the importance of getting involved. And, and even if it's just the, the act of voting, how, how important that is. Yes. What do you have to say to people who really get upset when elections don't go in the direction of their expectation? Uh, they, you know, get so turned off what would be your encouragement to them it's obviously a difficult pill to swallow when that happens when you you care deeply about a candidate or an issue and then 
the election results go the other way. Um, I think we've all, we, I'm sure we've all experienced that. Everybody's ex experienced that. You know, everybody's had, you know, millions of people across the country vote one way and then the results go the other way. But it's, it's about, we, we have to, to be able to maintain confidence in the system that, you know, when we go out that, you know, we've all kind of agreed to these circumstances, these rules where, you know, the, the person with the most votes the, wins. So um, to make sure if you're unhappy with the results to keep working, um, to keep fighting for what you believe in and, and try to go out there and, and hopefully convince more uh, folks to see sort of the opportunities the, the, to make improvements the way you've envisioned them. Um, but, you know, the unfortunate reality is that there's a winner and a loser in every election. And, um, you know, we got to continue to work to fight for what we believe in. And if the results don't go your way, that's not a sign to stop or to recoil or to give up or to become cynical. It's um, a, a sign, from my point of view, it's a sign that you need to sort of work harder and, and make sure that you're getting your message across. And if you really believe in the message you're delivering and the policies you're fighting for, that you need to continue to fight harder because you're certainly not going to make any progress if you decide to just leave the system entirely. I love it. So what else can we expect from you? I understand the automatic voting registration process did not pass. Will we be hearing more from you in regards to that? Um, so I hope to continue to look at ways to increase registration. Uh, the reality is in Delaware, we actually have, even without automatic voter registration, we actually have very high rates of registration. Um, so I'm going to continue to look at that in a way to, to, to make uh, improvements in the number of people we have registered, uh, you know, whether that's an automatic voter registration system or whether that's revisiting same day registration. I, I know that that's a, a piece of legislation that we've introduced in the past. I believe we've gotten it through the House before. Um, it hasn't gotten the whole way through the General Assembly. I think that that's a really important tool as well that we could look at it, look at again um, to, to make it so that people could show up on Election Day and register and vote all in, at the same time. I, you know, that sort of uh, eliminates a lot of the need for automatic registration if you're able to have a, a same day registration system. So I'm going to continue to look at ways to get people involved. You know, we've done early voting. We have vote by mail that the situation with that is is as we passed it in 2020 it only applies to 2020 so i hope we're able to look at making that permanent like i said i've heard from a lot of constituents and people across the state who have appreciated being able to vote that way so you know i think it's important to make that permanent and be able to continue to offer that to to delawareans um whether and also the same day registration and you know i hope we'll look at um some of these incidents where people have lost the right to vote and, and making sure that we're looking at ways maybe to reinstate some of those rights as well. So I think that there's a whole host of things we could be doing around election policy to continue to improve uh, the situation and continue to encourage people to participate and expand the franchisement, which I think is, is critically important. Are we headed in the right direction as a state, do you think? For the first time in a while, yeah, I think we are with regards to election policy. I, unfortunately, I think we were behind the curve on a lot of things, and a lot of the changes we're talking about making right now have been made in other states years ago. You know, vote by mail has been popular in, in other states across the country before COVID-19. Um, things like early voting have been in place a long time before Delaware got it off the ground. So 
I think we are headed in the right direction to modernize our elections and get them sort of up to speed um, to where I think they should be. So uh, that that's, I think, uh, something to be optimistic about. Um, wish we could have gotten there a little bit sooner. But yeah, I do think that right now we're, what we're doing and the policies we're considering and putting in place are certainly steps in the right direction in, in modernizing and improving our elections process. Whip Count is brought to you by the Delaware House Democratic Caucus. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dehousedems, on Twitter at dehousedems, on Instagram also at dehousedems. More episodes are coming, so make sure you're subscribed.